Welcome back, everybody. You know how uh, sometimes you kind of look at a person, you see them on social media, and you start uh, having an inkling of, this is a person I want to speak to. I'm not quite sure why, but I'm going to figure it out. And as I started doing more research, I understood exactly why I needed to speak with Elizabeth Danielle Pajadas, who's our next guest. She's an actress. She's a podcast host of um, you know Shine Brighter with Liz. And uh, to me, you know, it just it feels like such a connection at the heart and soul level. So if you come here for the uh, for the conversations about acting, we're certainly going to have that. If you came here for conversations on things other than acting, like spirituality and life coaching and everything else, you're going to get a lot of that too. So welcome to uh, welcome Elizabeth. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk with you. Yeah. Um, again, I'm kind of uh, I'm very compartmentalized because I interview a lot of people on the show, and uh, you know I have three to five interviews per <clears throat> per week, and I do a lot of research uh, for each one. So I I, I can jump ahead, and I started doing uh, kind of uh, my research on you uh, just this weekend and doing my deep dive, and I listened to a number of your uh, podcast um, uh, episodes of again Shine Brighter with Liz. We will link it uh, uh, at the bottom of the video. Um, and immediately, you know, as soon as, as soon as you started talking and what you were talking about, uh, it just, it, it's right here because that's, that's what I am about. It's completely aligned that as we, as we start kind of talking about it, you'll see that as well. Um, it's so interesting to meet another person who, um, who kind of understands you at your core who, uh, you know, from your perspective, uh, you knew that you wanted to be an actress. Uh, as, as you pointed out, you, you came out screaming that, that, that you were ready to act. Yeah. Um, you, you knew that. That was kind of your North Star. But you're a person who is a lot deeper than that. And uh, you're a person who wants to explore. You're a person who loves people, who loves talking to people, who loves helping people, who wants to... Uh, you started your podcast just because you wanted to share information. You start... Um, you know, certain uh, the podcasts that I listen to, the episodes you started because you just had this meditation and you need to share it. I did the same thing uh, and I continued doing it. I had my, you know, podcast and a radio program uh, in 2012 uh, when I had my hopefully not uh, midlife crisis, but a lot uh, less uh, than that. Um, and I just I stopped working and I said, OK, I can't do this anymore. I have to become in alignment with myself. And I have to get on the radio. I have to talk to people. I have to share. And I became a life coach. And I wrote some books. And we're going to get into all of that stuff uh, in a minute. But it's it's that thing. As soon as I heard you speak, I said, okay, that's yeah, that's that's my people. I I know you know who she is, and uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting conversation. So I'm very excited to have you. Oh, so cool. Thank you for doing that research and like yeah, explain like breaking it down. I think. Yeah, I started the podcast just because it was like, I just felt like I wanted to express myself in a different kind of way. And I feel like, like you said, similar to you, it's like, when you're an actor, like you want to express yourself, you want to see truth, you want to communicate with people and you love people. That's why you love like theater and acting because it's, it's about community. It's about telling stories and finding truth together and authenticity. I feel like actors are the most authentic people. Like, mm -hmm. we don't want to wear masks, like we want to strip bare and then like, we want to just like be so vulnerable, like that way we can communicate with other people. And um, yeah, I think it's awesome. And I think what happens is like, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but I think what happens is along the journey of being an actor, there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of rejection and there's a lot, there's a lot you go through. It's not a very linear thing and everybody's journey is so different. Right. And I think you have to find the things that make you um, feel happy and feel like you're still you know, have a purpose because when your purpose is you want to be an actor and you don't get to just be an actor on the day to day, you don't get to just sing whenever you want. You don't get to just like singers can sing, dancers can dance, musicians can do their stuff. But actors like we can't really do our thing unless we're in school, we have a partner or just doing monologues like we don't. Yeah. And what we love is the connection with another person. So we don't really get to do that unless we're on set. So I think what happens is like when you start feeling like you lack a purpose, and you're chasing this thing that almost feels like it's so far away. And then like when you get it, it's so like temporary because, you know, and to get to a series lead or something like that, it takes so long. So how do you find that happiness in the pursuit? I think you have to find purpose along the way. You know, you have to find other things that also are part of your purpose. So I think like that's where the, you know, and being open to that, right? I think that's where the podcast came in where it was like, 
I really feel connected to this. And I don't think that's going to take away from being an actress. I think it's actually just going to, you know, not even, I wasn't even doing it for the clout. It was just like, I just want to express myself in this kind of way. And, and then also with the life coaching, it was just like, I started seeing that because I'm an actress, I have to be so disciplined in all these areas, finance and career and, you know, and health and wellness and like, okay, relationships, like everything has to be so broken down because this is a very difficult industry and I have to give myself some kind of stability. So then now seeing other people that are, they don't have to have that level of discipline as an actor does, um, you know, you can really cater to them and help them and guide them. So I feel like that's how that's happened. And it's like just being open to what is life really trying to throw at me? Or I'm, I'm very, like I said, I'm a woman of faith. So it's like, what is God trying to use me as? And yeah. I just ask him like, you know, am I being the right vessel? Like, am I, am I like, is being an actress, like coming from my own selfish desires? And I don't really feel that. So I actually feel like he wants me to be an actress. And like, but this is a journey. I, I always say that my career is linked to to my faith because it's it. I think that's why he gave me it at such a young age. It's because it's it's my it's like you said, my North Star. It's what's gravitated me. It's what's been like when I'm not sure about relationships, when I'm not sure about career, everything has just been well, my goal is actress. So it's life has been a little, I would say, I just feel like I've had something pull me. Whereas a lot of people don't have that purpose when they're younger, like they're very lost. I feel like God was like, this is what you have. And I need you to chase it because like, when you feel lost, just remind yourself, like, this is what I want. And when I'm in those darkest moments where I'm like, so scared, mm -hmm. it's just like, I just feel so connected to this and again, like some people maybe don't have relationship with God or whatever universe, like it's something bigger than me that yeah. it's not myself. It's guiding me and it's telling me, hey, come on, like I got you, you know? So, yep. yeah. Um, it's again, it's so, uh, so in the same vein, I remember, um, you know, I had an IT consulting business and I was very successful at it. Um, and everybody was proud and happy. And uh, as an immigrant, I came here at 14 with my parents uh, from Ukraine. And, uh, you know, my parents came in with no money whatsoever. And they came here at a later age in life. They were 52 in order for me to have a better life. And making that and uh, kind of achieving, you know, uh, those uh, those dreams. And then, uh, you know, I cried when I, I bought my luxury, uh, you know, SUV uh, for, for cash because I could. Uh, it's that, you know, sort of marker of achievement. And then uh, a few months after that, I walked away from all of it. And I said, no, because it's not who I am. And who I am was always, I am an actor. I'm a creative. I'm a poet. I'm a writer. I'm a teacher. I'm an inspirer. And I kept on hearing in my head, live your essence, which became my North Star and figuring out what is my essence and how do I tune to that? And how do I then remove everything else and remove obstacles in order to actually pursue it and um that you know manifested itself into you know me starting to uh, to actually do a uh, uh, film work and me starting to write my books and me uh kind of uh, coming into the world and starting a spiritual practice uh, that became recalibrate your life uh which then kind of uh, now i'm looking at it and i saw on google searches if you put in recalibrate your life I started a trend. There are a lot of people who are starting to do that. That's very cool. Um, I kind of coined that term, and um, you know, the book that uh, the you know first uh, book in the series of the New Love Triangle. It's you know it says recalibrate your life. It's it's the first uh, one in the series, and then I created a, a whole wellness program uh, called Seamless Method, which goes into some of the things that you're talking about as well. That we'll you know we'll get into the whole kind of process of continuing to align with who you are that is the north star so then the process of figuring out because like you were saying you're multifaceted uh which you know for me one of my it consulting companies i still wanted to incorporate that in so the company was literally called facet uh and then i came up with an acronym to describe that you know fun adaptive collaborative explorative uh, training because um yeah, uh, I did a lot of uh, training in my IT days, so it became a methodology of, again, teaching. But being multifaceted, because you're so good at many different things, but then you're trying to figure out, okay, which one of those things can I focus on or should I focus on? Because I don't know about you, but if you are like me, it's a difficult choice 
because you feel like you can do all of these things and you feel like you've been put on this earth in order to do all of these things. And for you to say, I'm only this is cutting off all different parts of yourself and you cannot force yourself to do it. So I struggled with that for years and trying to find, you know, what that is. And you're young. Uh, you know, I have two kids and I have a wife and I have a lot of things that are kind of, uh, I'm not going to say holding me back because that's not, you know, that's not a, uh, a good way to look at it. But there are things that are preventing uh, me from having the freedom to do whatever it is I want. I have to work within the confines of the life that I've chosen that I love and I've worked hard to build. So it's, it's all of these things. And I'm so glad that you're doing this and you're continuing to do this now because your path hopefully should be easier than mine in this regard. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's so funny you say that with the whole multifaceted because yeah. I, um, during the pandemic, I I started thinking, you know, what can I do throughout this time? Um, mm -hmm. I had just launched my life coaching business and yep. a lot of clients were canceling because they just were like, look, I can't afford to have a call right now. And I'm like, hey, look, I totally understand. Like, I get it. And a lot of them were just like, I can't do it. So I was losing a lot of clients in that way. And then I met this one girl again. It was like she was she's my business partner now, but I literally was like, it was just God. Like, I can't explain it. It was like it was the weirdest way, the way we met. And then we're both women of faith and we both wanted to create something. So we created something called the Joyful Hustle. And mm -hmm. what it was is a it's a three day event, but really it's not like three days. It's one day. It's a we just had three days for the first event. So it was like you could either come to the Friday event, the Saturday event or the Sunday event. Um, and it's a two-hour webinar and we pretty much taught people how to have a joyful hustle right so we talk about the grind but how can you do that while having joy at the center or having faith or having purpose rooted at the center where it's like you're not running towards burnout you're running towards no i feel so full i feel so happy while i'm walking through this and one yeah. of the exercises we do um with the people that signed up and we're actually having another one um this month um one of the exercises that we do and it feels like a lot what you talked about was we start with um it's kind of like a purpose chart i would say so you would start with just like your name in the in the middle and then yep. you would just saying all right like what are the things that you feel aligned to right so for me it would be like podcasting and like acting and this and that and it's like you realize that like again it goes back to your essence it's like who you are in all these different areas like and I think the biggest thing is realizing like humans are complex. Like we have so many areas to us. We have so much, we're so deep. We're not, we are, we are not social media. And like, that's something I know for sure is like, we are not what you just see on there. Like what you see on social media, is just a glimpse of who a person is. Like people are so, have so much more levels to them, fears, desires, um, like dreams, uh, hurt, past traumas, like triggers, like so much. And I think, you know, sometimes I wonder, like, why has God made me chase this dream for so long, my acting career? It's like, I think, like, every single day I learn even more how to be a better actress. Because now that I understand humans, mm -hmm. how complex we are, like, I cannot look at a character one-dimensional. Like, characters are not one-dimensional. They have so much. Like, so even, like, when I went to theater school, they talked to us about that. Like, we we studied so many different methods. Like, the first method we studied was Udahagen. So it was, like, past life and, like, what does their life look like when they're on stage? And like, you know, what, like, what is, what does their future look like? What's that, what's an object exercise? Like, what is that character in their own space? Like, what is their favorite coat? Like, what is their, you know, what is their nighttime routine? What, what is, what are they when they're, when they're running short on time? Like, what, what do they grab for? How are, are they messy? Are they organized? Like, what does their day look like? Right. So breaking down a character like that. And I think it's just going back to those basic things that I learned in college now realizing like when I get a character, it's like my character is super, um, is super, is, is super uh, not one dimensional. And I took this class with Josh Pies. He's this great actor um, and he does uh, something called the committed impulse. And I highly recommend it. And um, one of the things that he taught us was like him and Ted Slabernski, so both here in New York City, they both talked a lot about how um, a lot of the acting world tries to tell you as actors, like they just want to see you be on stage, essentially. Like television is just looking for you. But yep. what they taught me was that that was a false narrative. And they said like, 
they're not looking for you because if they were looking for you, then they then they wouldn't have a character. Like they want to see you bring yourself to the character, but like you need to create a character. And it, when they, when those two professors told me that, it was like somebody allowed me to be an artist again. I was like, oh my God, wait, like I'm so excited to dive into this character. And like when I started doing character work to my auditions, I had casting directors calling my agents like, this is such a good tape because I finally allowed myself to do character work, not just try to be Elizabeth as mm -hmm. Sally. No, it was like, I'm going to step into this character and give her nuances and give her like, what are her tics and ways, you know, and I don't have to always look at the camera and just be like, what are the things that like a specific line that like, she hates that line because her dad said that to her when she was younger. Like I love finding those things when I look at a script because then it, it just gives me character choices. Right. And then, that's the, that's what's going to make you so like that's what's going to make you stand out in auditions because that's what makes you so different right it's maybe someone else was just like oh, i'm just going to be myself and i'm just going to read it as it is it's like when you understand especially when you get to a playing field where you're or you're auditioning for big things understand that the standard is already amazing like everybody that's auditioning like just give them the benefit of the doubt they're going to do a great job so like you have to do better than average you have to do be, you have to be better than great you have to be like incredible so it's like it gets to the point where you're like, all right, like what's going to make you stand out is like you have to really do the work and know that there's people out there. And that's why I have friends that like sometimes are like, I kind of want to be an actor. I was like, then you don't want this because you cannot just kind of be an actor. Yeah. You cannot just kind of. This is not a kind of industry. This is like there's people that will kill themselves to have this. And if you don't have that tenacity, that's fine. Like you're, you're fine. Like it's okay. It's just understand that like, I like no one has to convince me that I want to be an actor. And when I coached actors, I was like, when I had to convince them to want it more than themselves, I was like, you understand there's a problem here, right? Like, I can't be the one convincing you that you want your career. Like, if you want to go party and be with your friends, that's great. That's awesome. Like, enjoy your life, but understand that there's a discipline to this craft. Like Lady Gaga said, like, when she was winning her war, like, there's a discipline to this craft. And like, it is a discipline and yeah i don't know i'm just like i'm obviously very passionate about it yeah no it's uh same and i actually want to dive into it uh in a second but uh looping back around to something that you've mentioned i again i love the alignment because the first exercise that uh, i was uh, guided now you know uh to do myself in order to uh understand what my essence was is to do something that i call the essence spectrum which is basically, uh, you know, I started with the uh, uh, lotus uh, petals and you have the center of the lotus and then you have the nearest petals. And those are the things that align most to who you are and who you are is in that center that you have to describe in one word or maybe two words, maybe three words, but can get it down to that finite. And then everything a little bit farther out and out are different expressions of who you are. So it's that expressions of your essence. And that's the way that I was uh, understanding who it is that I am by putting everything on that spectrum and seeing that and getting down to the, you know, who am I really and what should I really be pursuing and what makes me me, what makes me happy uh, and what makes me fulfilled. Because even though I had money and I had success, I didn't have fulfillment. Um, I had aspects of it that I really enjoyed and I appreciate it because I love building things. Uh, so I was able to build that business, but I didn't have the fulfillment and I kept on, you know, I kept on knocking myself into that because I wasn't being truly me. And I needed that creative uh, aspect. I needed to act. I needed to write. I needed to, uh, you know, help uh, people. So Essence Spectrum defined that. And I just, I love that you've mentioned that you were doing something very similar. Um, in terms of, uh, in terms of acting, let's, let's dive a little bit into that. Um, it's it's interesting because uh, acting is you know discovering yourself in uh, different characters. It's uh, you're playing all of these people, and really in a way you're just discovering more of who you are and the different aspects of you. So when we say, uh, or when I hear you say that you know just be yourself, is an interesting uh, statement. And I, I understand where Josh and uh, forgive me the the name of the other person was Ed Silbernski. Perfect, and we're gonna link uh, all of that uh, down as well. But when they're talking about is not being yourself and doing the character work, uh, to me personally, what I found is that 
sometimes we get lost in doing the character work and it becomes more mechanical and analytical and it doesn't have that vibrancy of humanity. And I think when people are saying, just be yourself, I think what they're saying is you need to be a real person, you need to be grounded, you need to be relatable, you need to be understandable, you need to be somebody that people can look at and say, yeah, I know that guy. Or I know, you know, this person, I've seen, you know, people like that and I can relate to it. So whatever labels we're putting on it and however actors get to that point, for some, it could be just being themselves. Uh, for some, it has to be, I'm completely not myself. It's a very different person from who I am, but I can relate to it and I can bring something to it and I can be believable and relatable. For yeah. me, what I found is that I, I tend to be more on the spectrum of, um, and I keep forgetting uh, the guy's name, he's an Oscar-winning actor, who said, you know, I've been getting all of these awards for being these incredible characters, and I thank you for it, uh, but it's all just me. Um, yeah. The different aspects of who I am. I find myself more in that uh, vein, where I start with, I'm me, I know me, and, uh, you know, you should relate to that from the energetic perspective of, you know, when you are diving into a role, when you are, I'm an empath, so I pick up a lot of the things and I start kind of getting the energy of it, it's very easy to get lost. And you have to have your root and you have to know who you are. And then you can go from there and you can add or you can subtract or you can go into kind of the alternate reality uh, uh, part of, okay, I'm me. But, uh, you know, when I was 13, I made this choice. And because of that, my life went here. And now I know who I am, but I'm somebody different. So I kind of go that route. And I am still being me, but I am being a different version of me using different characteristics and intricacies that are all within me. Because we all have, you know, different energies. We're all, you know, we can be angry, we can be sad. And there are reasons for it and just utilizing those reasons and uh, using them for the character. So it's it's such a fascinating spectrum. There is no one way to act. There is no one technique. Uh, there is no one thing that works for everybody. It doesn't work. You just have to find it's your own. Yeah, it's like you said, it's your process. And like, yeah. just to like go back to some of the training that I had like in, mm -hmm. in my conservatory. So I went to New World School of the Arts. It was in Miami in South yep. Florida and um the funny thing I mean I'm sure like like when you're in something you're just like I just can't wait to get out like I feel like conservatories are very 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 like just stressful but I think when you do get out of that what like feels like four years of pure darkness which I feel like that's obviously like the actor in me like just so dramatic like it was such a dark period in my life like no it really wasn't it was just it was a lot it was a lot of breaking down it was a lot of these incredible teachers that really wanted to instill like craft into us and like the importance of like theater and 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 like we did like 72 hours of crew work every semester which was like you are the person that hangs the light you are the costume person you are the stage manager you understand what it's not like just to be the star and your first two years is all crew like you are just pretty much helping other people shine your first two years and you are learning theater you are learning craft um and your first whole year of conservatory is is called the discovery year and really what it is is just it's all about yourself it's all about discovering who are you at your essence and um it's something that i really like the way that our school broke it down was yes we were doing uta hagen but when we would put our characters on stage before we even got to character work we were putting ourselves on stage so we were doing all of like our exercises but it was coming from ourselves so it was like all right like who is elizabeth when she's stressed out what did what was your day like two weeks ago put that day on stage like right now i'm in my room mm -hmm. i would go to school and we, i would bring pretty much my room like I would bring all my towels, I would bring everything and I would do a whole exercise of like, okay, um, this was me before trying to run to an audition. So it's like, oh my God, where are my things? Like putting on my makeup. And it was so cool because it was just showing on stage who I was. And then I had another teacher who he was great. He worked with Circus Soleil and he was our movement teacher and he was Russian. And the coolest thing about this teacher was he was so strict. Like I had never had someone that strict. Like he was, I mean, he was Russian, right? Like, so he was so strict. He thought, he said that my hand-eye coordination was so bad that it was probably like a, like a disability. Like I was like, oh my God. Like he was just like, he, he has no sense of rhythm. I'm like, what? 
like I'm a dancer. Like, what are you talking about? He would just like break me down. But I learned so much because I was in those classes. And he always said that like my job as an actor, what he taught us in movement class was he wanted us to be neutral, right? Like he taught us how to walk. He taught us how to breathe. He taught us how to just be neutral, right? I think like what theater school really taught was us was like, this is how you can be a blank canvas, how you yeah. can let go of all of who you are. And you, of course, you're still going to bring yourself, right? Like with, yeah. with Stanislavski and stuff like that, like you always bring like, you know, where it's like um, as if like, so if you're looking at like a story and obviously I'm talking to you, which are things that you know, but maybe for the audience that doesn't know, like <laughs> so you will look at your script and you would say like, okay, maybe I've never had a fight with my husband because I'm not married. So how yeah. am I going to play like, like, a, a part where it's like, I, I want to say rabbit hole, I, like, you know, like, like rabbit hole where she says she lost her child. And like, she's having this fight with like her husband, like, how, how am I going to have this conversation when I've never lived that? But what you could do is you could use as ifs. So it's like, it's as if, you know, that argument that I got in with my mom about, you know, her telling my family that I got my first period, like, whatever, like, what was that trigger for you? Right? Like, what was that story? So when you're going into that, it's like, of course, I am not playing her, right? Like I'm not her. I can never be her. I will never have those experiences, but it's as if, and I have all as ifs all over, you know what I mean? In your process, you could say it's as if when I had that, and then now this is, and this is a different beat. Now, you know, this is my intention. And I think yeah. one of the coolest things that theater school taught me was every scene has a start and has an end. And you're always trying to get something from the other mm -hmm. person. So you're always trying to achieve something. So it's like, okay, it starts off like, what's my first intention? My first intention is just to, you know, get the truth. Like I want to get the truth. And I think that's when good acting happens. When I'm sitting here and my, I'm not just saying my lines, but every time I say my line, my line is get the truth from him, get the truth from him, get the truth from him. And then we have a different beat. And now it's like, it's not even get the truth now. Now it's like change your tactic, right? Because maybe truth is like what you want, but now it's like, I'm coming at it from a sweetheart place, but now I have to come at it from it like, you know, maybe I'm being more interrogative now. Or now it's like, and that's what gives you like levels. And 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 I'm just excited to talk about these things because you know, I think you reached out to me and you said, you know, um, that post that I had posted on Instagram like really related yeah. to you. Yeah. And I I've been missing this in my life. I've been missing just even explaining artistry, even just being able to realize that this is something that's so a part of me and like because of the pandemic like you yeah. know the auditions have been not in person or you don't get that journey of getting to wake up in the morning and prepare and go get a coach and go in person and get mic'd yeah. and like you know i was going into some great rooms you know i was going into warner brothers i was going into abc and cbs and like auditioning for top-notch pilots like you know you feel like you're getting to a place and then the world happens and like it's so hard and like it makes me emotional because like I don't think people realize like I think like when I say people I think I didn't realize like how much I've worked so hard for this thing and it's like you know people will be like Liz you're so successful and it's like it's funny you think that because I'm such an achiever that I like you know like Hamilton how he's never satisfied like I'm not ever satisfied like I don't ever think what I've done is enough and I don't ever feel like even when I get to where I want to be, will that be enough? Because I still, because I'm an achiever, right? Like I want to achieve. And I think just like, even like, thank you for letting me talk about, you know, obviously like, I'm sure, you know, all the things we were talking about, right? It's like when actors start talking about like how to do monologues, like we know, you know what I mean? But like, it's just exciting to be able to talk about those things because I love it. You know, I love it. And it sucks that you have to work so hard to get the opportunity to get to do what you love, you know? so yeah. <clears throat> i i'm i'm with you and uh one of the reasons why i started this uh you know this channel is because i kept on you know uh COVID happened uh i kept on taking um uh, online workshops with casting directors and uh showrunners and producers and it was incredibly fascinating but i didn't get a chance to ask my questions because you know we have a group of people we're all uh doing uh kind of our reads and you have a few minutes uh, and then they, you know, they redirect and then you're done. Um, and you learn a lot, but I wanted to have the opportunity to talk shop with somebody. I was missing that. I wanted to talk to those people because I have questions. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna start this uh, series. 
And I didn't know whether it was going to work. I didn't know what was going to happen uh, with it. And I invited some people on and then just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, and again, thank you to Michael Kostroff if you're listening because you were my first guest and I love you for it. Um, it's, it's the opportunity to have a ability to communicate with people who are like yourself and who understand what you're going through, who understand this incredibly crazy, fascinating now world that we're a part of and who get it. So, you know, when I had Warner Laughlin on, uh, we had to do two shows because I, I had, you know, five pages of questions and I wanted to dig deep and talk shop. And she was so kind with her time. I really appreciated it because we got to the bottom of some of these things and then uh, how her method, uh, which is awesome, uh, the Warner Laughlin uh, method, by the way, uh, how it works and how it allows you to get into another character. So it's that ability and uh, you're excited about having the opportunity it's you know right back at you because that's what i love and i love your post because it was so real it was saying hey um this is a really vulnerable time for us and this is what i feel like and everything that i've worked for uh, i don't know what's going to happen with it in terms of you being an achiever and you know my coaching hat immediately goes on of uh you know trying to uh, to help you uh, deal with the never being satisfied part but we're gonna skip that um i would just say that being an achiever is a part of who you are but mm -hmm. loving yourself is more important and uh, being able to take a pause and appreciate what you have accomplished and what god in your case has brought you here to do and ability to influence uh, uh, people who are listening to your podcast who you are coaching that alone should give you a lot of satisfaction as to what you have done and everything else on top of that could be wonderful and could be great, but you don't have to use that as your definition of success or failure, because then you're setting yourself up for a downward spiral. For sure. Yeah. And thank you for saying that. I feel like, I feel like, thankfully, I have a good, um, like, inner life with myself, yeah. and, and, and I am very motherly to myself. I'm not self-deprecating. But the, but the big thing is the achiever, you know. Um, but I don't want to use it as my like Achilles heel. I think it's like it's a positive. And when you start saying like this is a negative about yourself, I'm such an achiever. It's like on the contrary, like I'm proud of myself. I'm glad that, you know, sometimes I'll look at my other friends and I'll be like, wow, like, why can I be more like that? And I'm like, Liz, like if you were like that, you wouldn't be where you're at. You know what I mean? Like, don't think that because this is the norm. That's what makes you like. I'm glad that I'm not like the like everybody else. You know what I mean? I'm glad that I beat to my own drum. I'm glad that I'm very disciplined. I'm glad that I have order and self-respect, right? Yeah. So I'm glad that I have those things for myself. Um, but going back to how you were talking about like the podcast and stuff, I think mm -hmm. back to when I was a child and like wanting to be an actress so bad. Um, I, I'm so grateful that I grew up with the internet, right? Like I was born in the, I was born in 1994. And, you know, when I was about like nine to 10 years old, like I was a hundred percent adamant. And especially like the older I got, like the more curious I got about actors and the more curious I got about, you know, interviews. And I think the biggest thing was like, I just loved watching interviews. I love watching them. Like I, I loved watching, I didn't really, like I loved movies, but I loved when I could listen to them talk, right? Like for me, it was like, I want to understand the human behind like, jennifer lopez like i want to know like what was her struggles and i always thought like when i started my podcast you know i always wanted to know um you know just like how you had that zest for like one tap conversations my mm -hmm. my zest was i wanted to break it down to the grind i wanted to break it down like who were you when you first started like let's talk about your trials let's talk about your tribulations let's talk about like your struggle like sure like i had john like you were saying my friend john was on the podcast and he's on zoe's yeah. And, you know, John, like, I, I met John, like, five years ago. And, like, who's, it like, you know, doing his thing in New York City. And, like, we met, like, at a theater, at a, with the American Theater Wing. And, you know, John now is, like, up to here. But if, if, but if I would have never had that conversation, how many actors don't get to understand that? He had to struggle. Like, he had to struggle. And that's part of earning your stripes as an actor. And I don't want to say, like, I'm supportive of the whole struggling artist thing because I'm not. 
I think it's important to like, you know, have a house, have, you know, like feed yourself. I'm not like the kind of person that's like, yeah, I'll just rough it out on a van. Like, no, like, and the wing really taught me that, you know, when I, when I did my springboard intensive with them, um, uh, uh, it's called springboard with the American theater wing. And I highly recommend if anyone's listening to it, like the wing is amazing. And they do this two week intensive, um, for actors that are in college, um, leaving um, their conservatory or leaving school, or you don't even have to go to a conservatory. If you're in a school and your desire is to be an actor, you know, you're going from college to real life. It is pretty much a springboard to kind of launch you into your career. And it was the best, like, I don't know why I'm so emotional today, but like it was the best two weeks of my life. Like they just teach you everything that you need to know and they just give you so much confidence and then the best reward is that you get to go to like seven broadway shows have talkbacks with them like get to go to the tonys like get to be a seat filler at a tony like dress up and like sit next to these incredible people and then you get to be in that room and i think like for me i think like that was like one of the craziest highlights of my career because it was obviously the beginning of it, of my of my career. You know, I had just moved from Miami to New York and I got into springboard and you're going to, you're going to this, you're going to this two week intensive with kids that went to Juilliard and like NYU and like Yale and like, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, C- uh, Carnegie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Carnegie Mellon. And like, you're like, yo, like I come from a conservatory school in Miami. Like, yeah, I mean, we're good school, but like Carnegie Mellon, yo, like, I can't compete with you guys. Like, that's insane. You guys came from like these crazy schools, yet I'm in that same room. Like, yet somehow what I did put me in the same playing field. And like, that's the beautiful thing about this journey is like, you could have gone to a Carnegie or you could have just went to like a little school in like Lafayette, Louisiana. And like, here you are. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not this linear path. And your path is so like unique. And then just being at the Tony's, like, I remember my first Tony's experience, like the entire first time I had these, like I had never suffered from imposter syndrome until I was put in this playing field that was so high where it's like Samuel Jackson is like coming to talk to us or like Lucy Liu is like having a conversation with me. Like when an actor that you've admired for so long is looking at you, you feel seen in a way that's like, this is too real you know like this is too real and like it's like it's like weird like validation issues come up for you and like i just remember having to kind of like tell myself like you belong here like you you've worked so hard to be here like you are allowed to be here you know and like going to the tonys it was like like it was like i just felt god in that moment like i just felt like he was telling me like this is just your beginning like be comfortable being in this room because these are your people you know like these are the people that are sitting here are the most hardworking, authentic like humanitarian like giving empathetic like just the best and you're sitting next to them and like i just really felt like i really needed that like i really felt like i needed god to tell me like this is where I'm going to place you, you know, you belong in these rooms. And then I've gotten to go to the Tonys for three years. And like every year, I, I, I literally remember the third year I went, I remember sitting and like, it's my third year. It's very different when you've already done it. Like, you know what to expect. Right. And then you're going with people that are at springboard that it's their first time. So you're like there for them because you know, like, all right, this is your first time at Disney. Like this is a lot, like you're excited for them because you remember your first time. And I just remember like telling God, I was like, please don't ever make me lose this. Keep me so humble. Like make this experience for me like the first every single time, even when I'm like a recipient, even when I'm one day like getting to be a presenter, like please keep me so humble that every time this is like just incredible for me, like life changing because it's like that feeling is like, it's like no other. And that's why I feel like my career is the biggest gift because I feel like people that don't have a passion like that, I don't know, like being, I was in a relationship for five years and my partner didn't have a fire and it broke my heart for him because I, I was just like, I can't relate to you because 
I've always had a fire and I don't know how to give you one. And yeah. I know that God is giving you one. And I, and I, and I, and I found it was my, like, I almost try to put it on myself to help him find his purpose. And, and, and almost to the, to a fault where it was like, you know, I know God gives everyone a fire. I just don't know what yours is if you don't allow yourself to dive. And I felt like he was very blocked off to that. And I feel like he's found something like that now, which is really nice to see. But, you know, I just, I feel like it's the biggest blessing when you have a gift that you just like want to chase. So I don't know. Yeah. I obviously um, get so emotional. <laughs> but thank you for sharing because that's, that's the raw part. And um, again, uh, I feel like I know you because uh, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm of similar essence and I don't think that you will ever get to a point where you're not going to be this way. Um, you're too connected to who you are, you're too connected to spirit, and you're too, um, you're too loving and uh, uh, not egoistic um, in order to forget that. So I, I think you care about people too much um, and understand where people are coming from and where you came from in order to uh, to kind of uh, let things roll off and uh, and become a different person. So I don't think you will. Uh, but it's it's an incredible incredible journey. And yeah. um, you know, going back to uh, to one of the you know episodes that I was listening to you saying of wanting to be seen, wanting to be acknowledged, wanting to be heard. Um, this is why I wrote the book. Right when when uh, I was talking about you know the three types of love, this is the new love triangle. Uh, I was cute with the wording, but he was dealing with the three types of love: loving yourself, loving others, and loving your day. And that became kind of my <clears throat> my cornerstone. But the reason why I had to come up with the self love, not that I invented the concept, but to me it was so important because of the constant rejection because of wanting to be loved, wanting to be uh, accepted, wanting to be understood, wanting to be heard. And I didn't have that. I didn't have that because, you know, I was unfulfilled in my career, even though I was successful in my marriage. I have been married for 20 years to an incredible woman, but our love languages are different. And for those people who are not, uh, who don't know the five love languages, please check it out. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful book. I will uh, link it but it deals with the way that we perceive love and the way that we expect uh, love and we share love with others and if you're not connected on that same level it can be difficult and you have to kind of understand the other person's uh, expressions and for me you know my uh, my top two uh, love uh, languages are you know personal touch is is one of those i'm the huggy feely uh, you know guy i want that and then the second one is words of affirmation. Uh, I want to hear uh, that from the other person. So I'm that type. And this is how I express love to others. You know, my wife is very different. My wife is, um, you know, uh, what things are you doing? I, I can't remember the exact language uh, for it, but, you know, what are you doing to help me out? Acts of service. Acts of service, thank you. So acts of service is her first one. And then, uh, you know, time spending together uh, is, is her second one. And thankfully, she found the book, you know, early on as we got married, and we both had to learn about each other because it's very easy to think that the other person just doesn't love you. But I, you know, me still needing that, uh, that uh, you know, being loved, I understood that she loved me just to express it differently. And what I was literally doing in order to show love to myself is I was doing this I was hugging myself. I was hugging myself and I learned the importance of just doing this. And you don't need to, and I think, you know, talking about relationships, you know, some people, uh, I'm gonna stop hugging myself in a second, but you should do that for at least a minute. No, it's, I, do, I do do that. It's so, it's, I did it last night before I went to bed. Right. I do it, it all the time. It's so, it's so important. And I think many people, um, you know, if uh, if people cheat and they go outside of the relationship for something, they're missing it. And like you were saying in your uh, in your episode, you have to find what's underneath that. And if you find what's underneath that and you can find a way to solve it, you don't need to 
have that and you don't need to have the trauma that comes along with it. So me doing this, me learning about self-love, me learning uh, of how to express myself and then of how to love others uh, properly because I learned how to love myself and then loving your day, which goes into the whole you know, seamless method uh, that allowed me to get to a state of wholeness and balance and be a person that now, okay, I'm good. I know who I am. I don't need things from other people. Otherwise, you get into that whole cycle of being needy and never being fulfilled because you can never have enough since it's not coming from within you. So I, I know and I feel that. So I see you. I hear you. I acknowledge you. Uh, and I commend you for doing the work that you're doing internal and external in order to uh, help others uh, get there. I really appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing, like um, when you start doing that work for yourself, and that's probably why you turn to life coaching. That's probably why you have started a podcast as well. I think what happens is when you do that internal work for yourself, it's almost like you find this hidden like secret that like you want to share with the world where you're like hey like if you just do these things you will start feeling this certain way and like i feel that i think like the most incredible thing is never to let anyone feel alone and like when you when you have gone through adversities when you have gone through things like sometimes people will say oh i just like regret my past like i'm the type of person that doesn't have regrets like i'm the type of person that even my hardest adversities i've ever had to overcome you know, I, I, I'm a product of like divorce. I, I suffered through child abuse. I, you know, went through a lot, you know, and just like bullying and like lots of adversities that I had to overcome. And I would never take any of those things away from my experience on this earth because it's given me my level of empathy. It's giving me like who I am. I can see someone in pain. Literally, I've had moments in my life where I'll, I'll never forget, like, there's plenty, it's not just one, but one specific moment that's coming up is I was sitting on, I was coming out, it was after school, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I saw a kid on the floor crying and he was one of my classmates, like went to school with this kid and he was sitting on the floor crying and some of my classmates just literally passed him by, like could care less because in their mind, they just need to get home and they just, you know, were tired or whatever. But for me, I don't care what time it is. If somebody is in need, they are my utmost importance and now with my faith aligned to it it's like it's like god i always feel like god uses me as a vessel and i'm always like i know that for me god's heart and again like it's not even about being christian it's just about understanding like for me on a spiritual level if i understand that god created us mm -hmm. god created his children like for me like where does his heart lie and hearts his heart lies on his on his people so for me my utmost importance is to be like there for others because and it's not again it's just like how could you not like how could you just walk past someone and be crying like when i walk in new york city and people just walk past homelessness it's like how does your heart not break for these people like that is someone's father that is someone's son their daughter like you just you become so accustomed and that's what I never want. I always ask God to like soften my heart in those areas where it's like, I don't ever want to become accustomed to like racism. I don't ever want to become accustomed to like injustices. Like people like they're saying like, there's not kids in cages, really? Like, do you not see what's happening in the world? Like, how can you just turn a blind eye? And I think that's been my biggest lesson right now is understanding my privilege, understanding my privilege. Like I am a Latina, I am an immigrant but not me. Like I didn't have to leave my country. My mother didn't even have to leave her country. My grandmother did. So yeah. I'm it's not my generation that had to go through these adversities, but I am a product of those things. And mm -hmm. like, I'm very white passing right in the, in the United States, like talking about what's happening in the world. Like I haven't had to experience racism, but like, again, when there's injustices happening to other people, even if it doesn't directly affect me, it's my mm -hmm. job to have empathy it's my job to go outside of myself and that's mm -hmm. why it's like again it does go everything like us as humans like i mean mm -hmm. you and i like like our purpose like being an actor is empathetic being an actor is coming outside of yourself being an actor is putting yourself in other people's shoes and yep. walking their life and that's why for me it's like as an actor it's like my my heart does lie in others and like 
maybe I don't understand racism in the sense that like I've never experienced it, but you know what? I am going to give you the space to tell me about your stories. I am going to give you the space to hear why your community is crying and why you guys want to have this. And as my job to let you feel like I see you, I hear you, I feel you. I will never a hundred percent understand your pain, but know as like your sister, as your as 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 we are all brothers and sisters in this world, like like I feel for you and I'm sorry. And like however I can show up, however I can let you know that like I feel your pain. I I understand what it's like to feel fear in this world right now. Like I understand that like I have privilege. I can if I can turn a blind eye to something that just right there is privilege. If I can just say, oh, I hate seeing all these posts about these adversities that have nothing to do with me. All I want to do is forget the coronavirus exists and go on a trip to like Tulum. Like, how can you just turn a blind eye? Well, that's just your privilege. And that's fine. Like live in your privilege. I'm not trying to shame privilege, but acknowledge that you have that and acknowledge that not everybody gets to live in that same world. They say that the health and wellness industry is like, primarily privileged people. It's because we have the privilege to say, these are the kind of drinks that I want to have. And these are the kind of workouts that I want to do. And it's it's because we're privileged that we get to explore personal development. It's because we're privileged that we get to say, I want to grow and I want to seek better. There are so many people that don't even have that. They're, they're just on survival mode at all times. And it's like immigrants, you know, I, I've opened up this, this conversation up, um, I have like Women Wednesdays and they're uh, every single Wednesday, I open up a space for people to come together. And at first it was just women. And with the Black Lives Matter started, I just said, you know what? I want to open up a space for other people to share what is happening. So I made it co-ed and I wanted other people just to share their experiences. And it was a space to be seen. It was a space to be heard. It was a space to just come together and just talk about your experiences. And I've been, I've learned so much that I didn't even know that I needed to learn so many things that I was just unaware of. And yeah, I think that is the power of giving people space to be seen, to be heard, because it's healing. It's so healing when you can come together and just say like, hey, I hear you. And so many of my friends that are people of color, after I hosted my first event, messaged me and said, Liz, you have no idea what having the space to just talk about my experiences, talk mm -hmm. about my injustices, talk about how I have been a product of racism, how I have been racially profiled, how I have been held at gunpoint because of the color of my skin. And I've never had the chance to talk about that. Yeah. These are people's traumas that they don't get to express. And that's yeah. the thing about triggers is that if you don't get to talk about them and you don't have a healthy way of going about them, this is just giving people a chance to talk, to hear. And it's not about shutting people out. It's about what is your pain? And then they can begin to heal when they say like, oh, you hear me? You see me? You stand with me? Because when you have a friend that is going through something and your other friend doesn't even acknowledge that that's a pain, you start questioning if that's a friend you want to have in your life. So mm -hmm. when my friend saw like, oh, Liz is an ally because like she's seeking out like just my pain letting me have conversations, trying to unlearn, trying to have difficult conversations with their families. I have stopped so many things that I would say that I used to do, my language, the way I used to be, my, my, my prejudices, my limiting beliefs that I've had from family members that were racist, that brought it on to me, that I've had to unlearn for myself. Mm -hmm. And like now, like, you know, that's, that's all I can do. You know what I mean? So I don't know, like, didn't mean to make it about that, but I just think it's like, we have to acknowledge like what's happening in the world. You know what I mean? Like with the Definitely. virus, also like this movement that's happening, it's, it's, it's reality. And for so long, I was the type of person that wanted to live in a bubble. I didn't want to acknowledge um, what's happening in the world because I'm a very paranoid person. I'm afraid of the world. Mm -hmm. And I think once you kind of come to terms with what's happening, and you open your eyes and you do the research and you ask the difficult conversations and you you just learn, you know, you just learn. And yeah, I don't know. I've become very passionate about that, too, just because now I've realized that it's important to be educated. It's important to know what's happening in the world, especially when you're trying to build a platform for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, people want to know like that 
that you're somebody that they can look up to in all areas, you know what I mean? And the fact that you're willing to speak about injustices, because a lot of people don't want to talk about those things because they feel like it's going to ruin their image. And for me, it's like about alignment, right? Like how you how you said, oh, I saw that post that you said, and that's my person. It's like, I want to speak so truthfully and authentically from my alignment. And if you don't like it, it's so okay with me. Like you're just, we're not in alignment with each other and that's all right. But whoever I speak to, they're going to feel aligned. They're going to feel like, yes, I agree with you. I'm not sure just to try to keep people that agree with me, but like, you know what I mean? Like just other people. Yeah, you're you're growing, and um, you know you talked in in uh, you know one of your episodes you talked about the continuous growth. Uh, uh, for me, it's the you know seamless is an acronym, so uh, one of the E's is expansion and growth, and that's what it's really meant to do. Uh, seamless stands for the eight things that we need to do every day in order to uh, have our you know health and wellness uh, needs and that, but the expansion and growth and ability to do that that's what you're doing you're opening yourself up and because you're a people person because you love and understand and want to uh to appreciate what people are going through their experiences that is what you're doing so living in a bubble i get being an empath i want to be in that protective bubble because i pick up the energies of everyone around me and uh, I, I don't want to do that because it's draining and because I give a lot of myself, it is draining. And sometimes you're not getting all the back or what you're getting back is not what you want to have. So I get it, but you have to understand what's happening around you. But you also have to look at it from a more global uh, perspective and know that, you know, just because there's a lot of anger out there right now, that doesn't mean that the society is going into a negative spiral. That just means that this is a natural process of us elevating ourselves as a society and going through this and making sure that people have an ability to be treated the same way as everybody else. I mean, how basic is this? This is ridiculous. Um, I remember growing up in Ukraine. Uh, I am of Jewish uh, faith. I am not religious at all. I have my you know, religion is spirituality. I'm a very spiritual person. I was never religious. We didn't go to, uh, to synagogues when I was growing up. But people were discriminating against me as a kid uh, because I was Jewish. I didn't even understand what it meant. I, I remember, I, I think I was uh, eight or nine years old. I ran to my parents' home and um, I said, hey, they keep calling me this Jew thing. I don't know what it means. What does it mean? And they had to explain that to me. And my first reaction was, I don't want it. And they said, well, you know, do you love your grandfather? Yes. You know, he's Jewish. Do you, <laughs> do you love your mom? You know, she's Jewish. So I kind of you know, I took that on and then I started understanding the, uh, the you know, culture of uh, what being Jewish is like. And then I'm keeping these aspects of it. But it also taught me to appreciate and understand people who are being persecuted for a color of their skin. Uh, really? It's just, it's so ignorant to me of somebody not relating to a person who's being discriminated or being you know, racially uh, singled out. I, I don't understand this. I have friends who are uh, LGBTQ uh, community. I, I, I understand that uh, you know, some of them, you know, men like men and some women like women. I don't care because I, I view them and I treat them on a person to person level. So I kind of come at it from my perspective and it's weird to me to see that other people don't see it that way but you have to get out of your own, you know, I love everybody bubble. And you have to understand what is happening in the world. And then you start realizing, and then you go through the process of um, adjusting to it and not being triggered by it and not hating people because they are bad to others. And just knowing that this is the world. And, uh, you know, I have to be the light that I am. And I cannot, you know, extinguish myself just because it's safe to do so. So yes, I, I really you know am moved by the fact that you are talking about it and you're giving space to people to uh, to speak because that is the only way that they can heal. So please continue doing that. And I don't think it's going to uh, diminish who you are or uh, you know close doors for any anything or other opportunities. I think it's just going to open them and bring the right ones into your life. Absolutely. Thank you for that. All right. Well, um, 
I know that I have another 20 questions for you, and I know that I want to talk about all of these different things. But I think for now, we probably should stop because as much as I love interviews and I love listening to people and learning, uh, I want to be respectful of the time that is spent with Wait, us. I totally, I totally hear you. Like, um, I'm obviously a podcaster too, so I'm the same way where sometimes the conversations are like, is yeah. it, like am I taking too much of your time? If there's anything else you do want to talk about, feel free. Like, yeah. um, I don't want you to feel pressed, but if you also want to end it and keep it like concise to like, you know, for the for the for the viewers, whatever you want. I, I think we'll just uh, we'll, we'll feel like. Thank you, Elizabeth. I, I think we'll say this is the end of our first conversation, and then we're going to invite you to the second one so we can continue our discussion. Well, Elizabeth, um, it it really is. Uh, it's pleasure is the wrong word. I think it's it's just a uh, it's it's a heart connection and a soul thing. And I'm so happy that uh, we had a chance to speak. And I'm very happy for the people that get a chance to hear you and get better because of it. Um, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Thank you, Alan. I appreciate it. Yeah. Everybody, thank you for being with us. Thank you for sharing uh, your time and uh, for sharing our space and uh, share with us. Uh, I'll link everything that we talked about below. Now, please get in contact with uh, with Elizabeth. If you want to work with her, uh, definitely check out her podcast, uh, comment, uh, share. You know, Do what feels right for you and resonates with who you are and the essence that you are. Thanks again, everybody. Thank you.